Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh. And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? to Macintosh and Mod haven't seen what? I'm Diana. I'm David. This week I made David watch Heather's mm-hmm. 1988 girl click classic. In order to get out of the snobby click that is destroying her good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark sociopath in a plot to kill the cool kids. <clears throat> yes, I think the best line from the film that sums up the movie is my teen angst has a body count. Yep. Probably my favorite line. It's a good line. Ever. Mm, ever? It's, it's an amazing line. It's okay. I mean, fuck me with a chainsaw is pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> or, why are you pulling my dick? <laughs> it's, there's some really body comments in this movie. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the writing. Okay. Daniel Waters... Uh, he went on to do Batman Returns and Demolition Man. Okay. He didn't do a lot, but those were the other big standout ones after this movie. And Hudson Hawk, apparently. Oh, I didn't even know what that was. It was a sort of big deal Bruce Willis action flick. So what did you think about the writing? Um, it's of its own. I'll give it that. It It isn't like any other movie. Okay. I don't feel like there's another movie that pushes its writing in the same direction as this one. Okay. Because usually you either get a high school teen film that is dark or a high school teen film that is ridiculous, but you usually don't get the two conflated together. True. Uh, Well, it's extremely dark. Yes. So I kind of love it for that. Um, watching rewatching it now, I kind of, there are things that I didn't realize before. Like I didn't really realize that during the cow tipping scene that the one girl's getting date raped. Yeah, it's pretty rapey. <laughs> oh, it's very rapey. So that's a little uh, makes me a little uncomfortable, but I still think the idea is great. Well, it's of its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing you have to put it in this movie. This isn't to say that it's a bad thing, but mm-hmm. it is dated. Uh, yes, though... <laughs> not not as much as some movies from the 80s, for it, sure. It is currently being adapted into a TV series with Shannon Doherty attached. Yeah, nice. Oh, he, that's the thing, is with with some specific references and, and some reworking, you can totally update mm-hmm. it. There's nothing, there's nothing that precludes this movie from, from being reworked, but as on its own... Mm-hmm. It is very dated. Yes. Um, I, I I would disagree. I would lo- I would agree with that. Not that I think that not that I think that hurts the movie because it encapsulates the late '80s, which was a dark time. I mean, we had we had ridden this wave of economic greatness, and it had all kind of tanked in front of everybody. And mm-hmm. by the late '80s, there was a lot of disillusionment from that. Mm-hmm. So the country, the country is dealing with that, and teenagers are caught up in that in a huge way. Mm, maybe a little bit. Okay. Now, what about our director, Michael Lehman? 
who went on to do Airheads and 40 Days and 40 Nights. I mean, Airheads is amazing. We love Airheads. Total dumb movie. Yeah, that one gets a little extra funny for me. The program manager in that movie, uh, played by Michael Stern. Michael Stern, yeah. What? Not Michael Stern. Fuck. Kramer. Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Uh, that character is based on my high school boyfriend's dad. <laughs> so the total weasel in the movie. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have been better if it was Joe Mantegna. Maybe. But anyways, this movie... <laughs> what do you think? Directing? Good? Bad? Weird? It is. It is. There's a lot about this movie that just kind of is... It's so dark and feels so many things feel out of left field. It's uh, so very. So very. Yeah. Uh, line directly from the movie. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the cast. Because we have nothing to say about the direction. Not much. There's there's only really three people to talk about okay. for me. Winona Ryder, our lead. Okay, so I, this came to me while thinking about it. Mm-hmm. We watched Raising Arizona for the first movie. Yes. And that is, in some ways, indicative of Nicolas Cage's acting as a whole. Okay. Wild, unhinged, that type of thing. Winona Ryder is the female Nicolas Cage. Whoa. But think about it. Think about her performances. There is that unhinged, fully committed quality to what she does. True. She's wild-eyed. She has a true proclivity for the dark. Exactly. She did this. This was the same year that Beetlejuice was done. Right. So these were kind of back-to-back. And she was told not... She was begged... They begged her not to do this because they said it would ruin her career. They were wrong. It made her career. Well, it came out at the same time as Beetlejuice. Right. So those two together really exploded her. And even in the more conventional thing she's in, there's still that sort of off quality with her performance mm-hmm. that's that that is intent that is intended but she's intensely invested in the role she's mm-hmm. doing even when it's not that deep of a role mm-hmm. and so I, I thinking about that i was like you do the same thing nicholas cage does in his movies it doesn't matter how dumb the role is you're deeply invested in it she's amazing in stranger things She's amazing amazing in Stranger Things. She's been amazing in a bunch of stuff she's been in. I think the only thing that I don't like her in is Mr. Deeds. Um, I haven't I don't even really remember her that much in. But I mean, you know, Girl Interrupted and Yeah, I forget about that movie. Um her her supporting role in Black Swan. Where she's she, outstanding. She's very small, but she's very good. Sort of a, a comeback role for her. Mm-hmm. Um and I I still have a soft spot for reality bites. I think that's an amazing movie. It is. Uh, you know, talk talk about a dated movie and a movie of its time. <laughs> but yes. it, it perfectly explained that time. <laughs> no, I wouldn't agree with that. Well, we weren't 20 in 1990. We weren't in our 20s in 1995, so we wouldn't know. I was 11. <laughs> Be a little hard. Maybe. But yeah, uh, she's... I don't know. She, she is interesting. She's got that... Nobody's like her. Nobody yes. has her presence. She is a wonderful foil to the three girls who play the Heathers. Yes. So, if you don't recall, Heathers, there are three Heathers. Heather Chandler, Heather McNamara, and Heather Duke. And Veronica 
is a part of the group and they're always referred to as the Heathers because they are the most popular, powerful girls in the school. Yep. Uh, okay, so Christian Slater. Was this his first movie? No. Okay. He had a few small things. This was his first big one. And then later, Pump Up the Volume, which was his big movie, yeah. came in 1990. So that came after this. He plays JD. He's basically the one who comes up with the idea to kill all these kids with Veronica. Right. Yeah, we get Pump Up the Volume, and then really the big thing is True Romance in 93 and yeah. Interview with the Vampire. That's when his Pump his Up heart, the Volume his, started it. His his whole leading man thing kicked off in a lot of ways. He's always playing kind of an outsider bad boy. Yep. So pretty. Oh, and Young Guns. I completely forgot about Young oh, Guns. Oh, yeah. He was in that. Um, so what did we think about Christian Slater? <sighs> okay, remember how we talked about Scream and how I didn't buy Skeet Ulrich? Yes. What I wanted to see Skeet Ulrich do was what Christian Slater did in this movie. Okay. I buy him as a sociopath. Hmm. Yes. And I buy him as completely, well, not even a sociopath. He is a psychopath, which mm-hmm. is, it's, you know, two very, very different, different things. things. But he is a psychopath. Mm-hmm. He is intensely, he intensely despises all these things around him, has a horrible family life, mm-hmm. and has nobody to invest in him and wants to take it out on everybody. And then through the writing, he's also embodying, like, an entire group of kids in high school. <laughs> Who I think this movie in some ways it's it's like they took the teen niche tropes mm-hmm. and played them out to their ultimate extent. Oh yes, it's like let's take this character and then see where it completely ends up in mm-hmm. the end, and shows how dark that trend goes. <laughs> oh yeah, um, especially now since we've seen some of this type of behavior played out today yeah you know we've had high school shootings we've had suicide packs between kids we've yeah we've had all of this and to be fair they still do it in a way that feels like an allegory Mm -hmm. more than a than a drama yes so at at no point do you feel disturbed by you know well this could really happen it's it's played as it's played for the symbolism of it more than anything well it's it's played as a farce a little bit more but now watching it having experienced all these things in the news it's kind of like well shit this is still relevant yeah it's dated but relevant it's a it, it it's <laughs> a dark comedy emphasis on the dark not the comedy oh yes because <laughs> there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of moments that are funny but you don't laugh at them because you're nervous about laughing at mm-hmm. them <laughs> because you realize why they're funny <laughs> oh yeah it, it's it's that uncomfortable funny thing but it, it came back to, I was like, this is what I wanted in Scream. Okay. I wanted to see the real psychopath there. This v- much more methodical buildup, simmering darkness and violence that I, finally explodes at the end. I think when you finally watch Scream 2, you'll get some of that. Yeah. I'm sure. Yes. But it just, you know, this movie worked on that level for him. Mm-hmm. And kudos to him, because, you know, he was still... A fairly young actor at the time. Oh, we love Christian Slater. He's doing amazing work on Mr. Robot. If you have not checked out that show, please go do. Not maybe not as good as Rami Malek, who I think is insanely. Those two are evenly matched. I know. Let's just put it that way. They are evenly matched, and they are wonderful. Yeah, I love them. Uh, 
it is it is well worth your time. Bin- go binge watch that. And it's a perfect thing for Christian Slater to finally get to come back for us because he's a great actor who I think he's been ki- not in movie jail, but he just hasn't. Well, he he had his run, and mm-hmm. then he he became he kind of aged those... out for a while. Well, it's not even that. He's been one of those guys who's been a working actor. He's taken yes. whatever job is in front of him. Yes, and often that pegs you in movies that nobody watches because he's been in lots of those low budget. Mm-hmm straight-to-DVD type movies, yes. but that's because that's what he wants to do. He just wants to work. No, and that's all fair. Um, he's just... Um, he kind of aged out of being young and, and hot enough to be the leading man, but not quite old enough to play the dad or the billionaire guy. Yeah. And so here, you know, Mr. Robot, he's playing... Yeah. And what's funny is as I, like, scroll through his credits, it looks like what really happened was the big things he did were guest star credits on TV shows. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so our I guess our last real wor- uh, actress worth talking about is Shannon Doherty. Yes. Eh. She's okay. <clears throat> well, this was like her breakout movie. And this movie got her the job on 90210. Because Tori Spelling saw it and showed it to her dad. It was like, oh, yeah, we're going to cast her. So I'll be fair to that. Mm-hmm. Her performance in this would lead you to believe that she could be in a teenage soap opera. Yes. And do very well. Which she did. Um, however, I don't feel like she rises to the level of the other two in any meaningful way. Of Winona Ryder and Kristen Slater. True. I don't feel like but she's, any... I don't think she's supposed to be. She's supposed to rise above the, the other two Heathers who killed themselves. No, and I understand that. Uh, I'm or, just, I'm just thinking in terms of the, tr- the actual acting performance. It's it's she doesn't give as convincing a performance, nor does anybody else, as those two, and those two are True. outshining anybody on screen, and that's including the scenes that they're all in together. True, but I don't think that her character Heather Duke is supposed to. She's the meekest of the Heathers, and winds up being the de facto leader. Well, and then once Heather Chandler, the uber bitchy one dies yeah she takes over that slot because that's what she's been wanting all along right and um yeah no she and she's kind of gross well I, I so here's here's what i think i think with a movie that's so specifically written like this mm-hmm. here's i think the the best analogy i have for her winona Ryder and christian slater both were able to naturally fit their character into mm-hmm. the writing. Okay. Shannon Doherty didn't. At no point did I feel like her character fit the writing that was given her. Okay, well that's not her fault, that's the writing. I don't think so. I think I think that's the she didn't fit the character that was envisioned for her. Okay. And and that's the writing itself defines that. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of hard to to put that out there, but it, I think the other Heather's to me did that too. Mm-hmm. Their performance didn't live up to the vision of the character that was there. Okay. Whereas the two leads did. For me. That's fair, but I think of the Heather's, she's the most interesting. Yes. She's the best. Absolutely. The so, but some of that suck. is some of that is the writing too. Yeah. I don't know. I the the Heather McNamara character, the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She becomes very interesting about halfway through the movie to me. She actually yeah. becomes the most interesting Heather to me of all. Well, of them. she has actual remorse and she has a lot more introspection, and her actual 
suicide is legit. Her attempt. Her attempt is legit. Yeah. Um, and she actually starts feeling bad about all the bad stuff the Heathers have done to other people, which is good. Yeah. I get, they, there's two other little shout-outs um, um, actor-wise. We have Glenn Shaddix, who plays the priest who who resides over all these funerals for these kids. He is the dad, Otto, in Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And then we have Renee Estevez. Oh. The only daughter of Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen, and Emilio Estevez's sister. She plays Betty Finn. Oh, okay. Oh, and yes, Betty and Veronica were named after Betty and Veronica. Say what? Yeah, we gotta bring it back to Riverdale or Ponies. <laughs> also, we don't do this on purpose. It just happens. I mean, the, fa- the, the, the priest character is quite outstanding. He's... So dark and such a caricature. I Wonderful. love it. Um, and then I, the the Pauline Fleming character, the sort of hippie, crunchy counselor character. Oh yes, the 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 guidance counselor at the school who has everybody grab hands together in the middle of <laughs> of the school after like all these kids are committing suicide. Mm-hmm. There, it's so interesting that they threw that element into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how often it comes up, but they're, it's just interesting that they didn't just focus on these kids. Mm-hmm. They also took a minute to be like, and also the adults are going to do anything they can to get something out of this too. Oh yeah. Because, there, there's this whole, the whole board meeting was like, oh, well, I don't want to lose a whole day of school. Oh, I would take a half day for a cheerleader. Yeah. Like it's so disgusting. But I think, honestly, that's how it's often decided. Yeah, I I believe that, you know, whether or not it's important to mourn a student is how important they were to the school. Sometimes. And, and, and I'm sure that, you know... Uh, so, that happened in my high school. Mm, I don't remember it distinctly happening in mine. Uh, it was a student, a student who committed suicide in my high school. He was uh, the bro- older brother of uh, a classmate of mine. And he had dropped out of our school, but yeah. And not, not a whole lot of attention was given to it. I think, you know, the the whole the whole movie is about the narcissism of teenage angst. It's about the, the narcissism of teenage angst. That they like it and how everybody, adults and teenagers included make it about themselves as opposed to trying to figure out what might actually be, you know, her problems for these kids in their lives. I could, I could see that. Because everyone in the movie is ultimately pretty self-absorbed. Well, I think there's also this aspect of Veronica has changed herself to fit in with the Heathers. Right. Um, and it's very telling when you know when she meets JD, he says, "Are you a Heather?" And she says, "I'm a Veronica." Mm-hmm. Because while she's with them, and you know she dresses like them, she is not just like them, right? And you know when she speaks with uh, Betty Finn, her former you know childhood friend, it, that gets pulled on her that she's you know she's left behind a lot of good things in her life to be with these people who are horrible. Um, and and that leads to the getting out of the hand of you know she she originally just wanted to punish 
Heather Chandler. Yeah. Um, and then with JD's help, she ends up killing her. Right. And then, you know, they kill the next one and the next one. And right. It's just ridiculous. In the original script, uh, she dies. Interesting. Yeah. When he explodes. So, yeah, something like that. That would make sense. And that, yeah. Which, if they'd have done that, I'd almost... <laughs> I might I might add to it. I'd be like, well done. <laughs> yeah, I'd almost prefer her to have died. Because she kind of, like, gets off scot-free, and that's not cool. Oh, eh, just go full dark. Go full dark, no stars. Yeah. It's, it's a dark fucking movie. Yes. It's very, very bleak. But yeah, but everyone else is a no-name in the cast. Um... You know, not other than the few that we spoke of, nobody else went on to do anything important. It 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 existed in its moment. It's a very tiny movie. It made no money. It had like a three million dollar budget. It only made a million in the box office. So it's just been one of those cult classes that they would play on TV. Like now, watching it and seeing all the f bombs and all of the sex and stuff that's in it, I'm like, really? Y'all played this on TV? I can see how easy it would be to edit the it scenes. It is, yes. It's very easy. It was like trading places when we watched it and being like, "There's, it's so easy to see how you can make this a cable movie because all of the scenes where the stuff happens, it, mm-hmm. you can lop right out of there. Yeah. So it's not... I can, I can totally get that. And I think this is nostalgia watching. And also, I had a really mean set of mean girls in my growing up age. So it's like, yeah, revenge. I don't know. I, I think about like a third of the way through the movie, mm-hmm. I kicked into. I wouldn't. It's it's not a give up mode. It's it's a detachment mode mm-hmm. where it's I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, I know that this is not being played for any form of reality whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to now detach from that sort of absorbed feeling in the movie mm-hmm. and really look at it from like a critical stance okay and look at it from a, a message type stance where mm-hmm. it's like what is the overall message they're getting across with the feel and the tone and that provided a really interesting view, spin on the movie for me then okay because it really became more about you know how this is representative of what high school is like or how it's representative of how society views suicide and mm-hmm. depression and mental illness those things came up a lot as I was watching it Hmm. because in a lot of ways I feel like it's it's so ridiculous that it's wanting you to step outside of trying to like relate to these characters wow you got really philosophical with this movie yeah but I think it it lends itself to do that I did not have those feelings about it at all not saying that you're wrong I think you can watch it on on either level true and maybe some of that was I didn't deal that much with bullying in high school I didn't deal that much with... Mine was more in elementary school. I had, I had a little bit in elementary school, but also I was um, kind of a big kid, so nobody messed with me. <laughs> and I also didn't like go out of my way to fight with people. I was the fat girl who cried really easily. Mm. So I was a pretty easy target for the mean girls. Yeah. Who were not uh, Heather's, they were Lindsay's and Rachel's. <laughs> Almost all of them were Lindsay's and Rachel's. I mean, for me, I, you know, I was in a tight knit group mm-hmm. and was so busy that I don't think I ran in, ran into any circles where I'd have to deal with it. And by the time I got to high school, I was like, fuck all you people. I don't care. I'm never going to talk to y'all again. And for me, I was, like I said, I was just so busy with between yeah, school and, and, and the stuff. I, or extra, extracurricular stuff. That that I didn't have to, people. Yeah. I didn't have time to have to worry about it. Yeah. 
So, um, so I think that lends itself for me to step outside of that. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So ratings. Ratings. I, I'm gonna give it a two. Ooh, you went low. I did. I really like the performances of uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Those still hold up for me, but the writing is a little absurd when I get to it. Something wrong with absurd writing, though. Yeah, but I, I don't think that was the goal of the movie, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, and I probably won't watch it again after this. <sighs> well, I'm going to go with three. Oh, okay. It's by no means a perfect movie. It's got lots of cultural issues that, again, if you do an update, you have to rework a, a bunch of things and mm-hmm. ideas and stances. And, you know, it, it does that thing that a lot of those teen drama, those dark comedies do. It falls, it kind of falls apart at the end. Mm-hmm. It, it just, you, you get to this frenzied level with absurdity and now you're like, oh, now I have to tie this whole thing up and I, I got to just do it real quick. So I think it, it suffers from that. But mm-hmm. I really found it interesting, like I said, on on sort of a philosophical level and really exploring what it was trying to say about different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional, but the interesting thing is you can watch it with that intent. And I think it comes across. Um, so I think it's it's way more intelligent than your average dark comedy and or teen drama comedy. Dramedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's well worth it to kind of watch it and see what it had to say, both about the culture at the time and what it has to say about high school culture now. And not just, well, and also suicide, which I think yeah. is a much bigger deal in this movie than it is about just high school. Well, yeah, that and day rape. <laughs> yeah, maybe not have those scenes in a new version. <laughs> Well, or, or or address them as such. Address them as you know appropriately. Yes, I'm. I mean, I don't, I don't like that, but if on if, the fl- if, if you're gonna portray it, we need to have an appropriate response to them. On the flip side, I think that might have been the point. No, I agree. No, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm. No, I understand. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So, what's up next in our movie viewing? I am. I have been excited about this since we started this. Mm-hmm. It's a network. I, I know basically nothing about this movie. 1976. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about social satire. This movie is one of the few movies I've seen where everything came true. Okay. Everything in this movie exists now. And it's scary how right it got everything. Whoa. Okay. Um, media culture, politics, all of it. Hmm. Um. And it's got powerhouse fucking performances by, like, Hollywood legends. All right. So it is going... I'm really excited. I hope you're excited. You enjoy it. (laughs) Because if you don't, it's going to be real interesting. I know know basically nothing about it. So I'm not going to look anything up. I'm just going to go into it pretty blind. Yeah. I did that when we went to see The Foreigner. Yeah. Uh, I I was like, I know it's Jackie. Chan and Pierce Brosnan movie. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited about this one. Okay. It's. I will also say this is one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. It's it's up on the on the top ten list for me. All right then. So. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. All right.
that's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.